This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Rupier, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Here's the 1-0 pitch, and it's driven to left, way back, and no doubt, and 2-0 Tampa Bay. And that ball was completely crushed. Two-run home run, deep in the left field stands by C.J. Crone. Yeah, that's a uh, heck of a way to start our program here today. It's a bad memory if you're a Twins fan because C.J. Crone, as you'll recall, had a two-homer game against the Twins a year ago. Now he'll be wearing a Twins uniform. Welcome to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made live every Wednesday night until the season opener. I am Chris Atterbury from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Pleased to have you with us, whether you're here in Twins territory, joining us across our network, whether you're on Facebook Live or whether you are podcasting us wherever you get your Twins highlights. It is a little warmer where C.J. Crone is. And, C.J., we welcome you to the Twins family from your home in Arizona. And uh, we heard the highlight, and you had a lot of those a year ago, 30 home run season with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and the Twins fans obviously are hoping to see more of that in a Twins uniform this year. And let's start with that. You had a great year. Uh, you guys had a special chemistry really going in Tampa after you came over from the Angels. Uh, what was it, do you think, that allowed you to really find your stride and have your best overall season as a major leaguer? Yeah, well, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I mean, I'm super excited to be part of the, the Twins family. It was, it was a kind of a hectic week there for a little bit with all that happened, but I'm super happy to be settled in. Yeah, like you said, it's I think what, what what helped the most for sure was just the plate appearances. I I had the most the most at bats I've had in my whole career, and I think that consistency helped me settle in a little bit and uh, kind of find my bearings as a hitter. And yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's going to be the same with any hitter. The more opportunity they have, the better they're going to play. And I think uh, everyone saw a little bit of that last year. And as a hitter, when you you start diving into things, you're not a guy who's ever had crazy splits, lefty or righty. You've been fairly consistent against all sorts of uh, of pitching. How would you describe your strength as a hitter? Uh, I mean, I think my my main strength is using the whole field. I can I can hit the ball in the right center gap, left center, uh, right field seats, left field seats. So, I think that's what helps me the most uh, with righties is just to be able to use the whole field. I don't get pull dependent. Um, a lot of my success is with the pull side, but it's not limited that way. And I think uh, the more of the field that you can use, I think that helps even out the, the righty-lefty split. So, yeah, just try to try to stick to that approach and just drive the ball up the middle. Now, CJ, one of my most fascinating things about you, in my opinion, is that you grew up truly a baseball rat. Your dad, Chris, was a major leaguer and coached and managed in the minor leagues for years. Your younger brother, Kevin, is knocking on the door of the major leagues. And you literally spent your summers – living out every kid's dream i think of of all day all night at a ballpark and that experience had to i i would believe make you a little more ready 
for the the difficulties of professional baseball, whether it's the minors, whether it's the majors, because I have to think for you that was more normal, whereas a lot of folks, they first get into a professional clubhouse and it's a whole new world. Yeah, for, I mean, it, it, it definitely helped. I mean, I, ever, my, I don't even have memories of when I wasn't in a clubhouse. So it's uh, I pretty much grew up alongside my dad. I mean, looking back, I was super, super lucky that the teams allowed me just to hang around all day, every day. Um, but yeah, that, that part of the game... I, I guess I kind of understood um, of how people carried themselves in the clubhouse, the kind of work they had to put in to be successful. And when you learn that stuff at an age where you kind of just learn, even though you don't even want to learn, I mean, you're kind of just there. So you kind of just breathe it all in. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think it helped tremendously for sure. You know, CJ and CJ Crone, newest twin is our guest here on the twins hot stove show. When most kids are 12 or 13, their favorite big leaguer is someone they have a poster of on their wall. They see him on TV. Maybe they never really get a chance to, to know that person for you. It could have been any of a variety of minor league guys. Maybe it was the the shortstop who threw you flips. Maybe it was the guy who played pickle with you, you know, before a, a ball game started. Do you still remember some of those guys, whether they went on to big league greatness or not, as being kind of uh, these larger-than-life figures that were right there in, in your life, right up close and personal? Yeah, for sure. I always tell everyone the one dude that sticks out the most for me was Joe Creedy, former White Sox. He was with my dad pretty much all the levels that my dad managed. So I was around that guy for a while and he always would play catch with me and throw me BP and always super nice. And um, it all came back. I think it was maybe the 05 world series when the white Sox won or something like that. And he hit a big, he hit a big Homer. And I remember I was actually at that. We were at that stadium watching and it was such a cool experience. I mean, I kind of grew up with the dude in a, in a, in a way. So yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of guys, favorite players are the, I mean, they're, 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 they're super, I guess, super successful ones. But for me, it was just uh, the kind of guy that he was and, and, and how he helped me along. And that's kind of why I wear, wear number 24 also. It's just watching him wear that number. It's, it's a pretty, it's, it was pretty cool. You know, we had Joe at the end when he was battling the back issues. But what a first-class human being when, uh, yeah, when he was here. Sure. And even with all he went through just to get his back ready to play on a given day and playing on the hard turf at the Dome, boy, that guy could pick the ball up at third base with the best of them. Yes, he could. Yeah, that's a great story. 24 for uh, for Joe Creedy. So uh, you guys will be sharing the same jersey uh, on the front and the back here uh, in, in the coming year. You're also a big soccer guy, right? A big uh, a big soccer fan? I am. I like all sports. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely a big soccer fan, too. How did that come about? Were you a player as well? Uh, did you have friends? And uh, and are you ready to check out the uh, the new stadium and the, 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 the loons here, the new MLS club uh, in Minneapolis? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, it, it was kind of, I mean, I don't know. I've just, I'm a, I'm a fan of sports in general. Um, I like the di- the difference in, in sports, and I think soccer is, is so unique, especially how it's played overseas um, with all the different rules. And it's just so much different than American sports. It just intrigued me. But, yeah, I'm a big Chelsea fan. As you guys know, I, I live in Phoenix, so Didier Drogba is the co-owner of, of our team here trying to get us to MLS, and um, he's pretty much a Chelsea legend. So that's all I needed to I didn't really have a team before then, and then you kind of just root for them and watch all the games, but it's just, it's just a fun time. Is that something when you get to the off season? obviously you have work to get in, but, but after a long baseball season, you need something else to think about. You need to clear your brain a little bit. Uh, between that, between your uh, beloved Phoenix Suns, is that a way for you to kind of get away from the game a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think once we're ending, everything else is pretty much starting up. So, yeah, we've got the Coyotes, the Suns. And, I, yeah, I'm a, like I said, I'm a diehard uh, Phoenix sports fan. So watching watching those guys kind of helps kind of settle down. And, and you know the offseason is pretty much here.
Yeah, there's a great old story, and I, I think the, the Rays brought it up, and some of the guys shared it with us last year, of when you were with the Angels, and you hadn't hit a homer in a while, and Mike Trout promised Suns season tickets if there was a multi-homer game, and you you blasted a couple long balls. Did he come through on that? Did did he did he buy season tickets for a fan? Oh yeah, I made him buy them. <laughs> we should, we I'm not letting him get away with that one, that's for sure. But it was uh yeah, that was that was a pretty awesome story. He just came up to me, and it actually started with Cardinals Cardinal season tickets because football was just starting up, and I'm like, nah, I want I want the Sun. So if I hit two homers, you got to get me Sun tickets. And I had our uh, our PR guy on the phone the next day, and yeah, I made sure to get those quick. And, and now were those for a fan? Were that did you do you know who those oh, tickets no, they were? Were, were for they me. for you? They were your tickets. Yeah, they were my tickets. I went to pretty much every Suns game, every Suns game last offseason on his tab. So, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. I hope you sent a picture of like you and the gorilla before like every game, just to let him know oh, that I you were him, you were taking I sent him pictures all the time. Yep, <laughs> that is outstanding. Well, we look forward to uh, to you enjoying the rest of your offseason in that man, and then we look forward to seeing you in that familiar twenty four here in Twins Red and Blue. Uh, doing your thing at Target Field all summer long. We're going to hear more from C.J. Crone a little bit later on here in the Twins Hot Stove Show uh, as uh, C.J. will join us again for three cuts coming up in just a bit. Before we get to that break, this past week, the 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush, also a former Yale first baseman, passed away, lying in state in Washington, D.C., and, of course, the funeral uh, this week. Now, George Bush, uh, the first George Bush to uh, serve as president, did have a connection with the Minnesota Twins as it was the Twins visiting with President Bush in 1991 prior to that big snowstorm here uh, in 1991 and in celebration of their 91 World Series. Now, our own Dan Gladden happened to miss that flight, so he was not there. But President Bush, uh, well, he was ready to roll with members of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Kirby Puckett's game six. A winning home run, and that uh, that uh, circus catch near the wall. Suddenly, Kirby's glove has become more valuable than Michael Jackson's, and uh, and Kent Herbeck's brilliance in the field. I refuse to be drawn into that controversy and comment on the uh, play when Kent uh, tagged Ronnie Gant after Gant came off first base. But Barbara asked me to point out to Kent that she could use some help around the house with heavy lifting. Uh. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. The hot stove season just getting underway. We'll be with you live every Wednesday until opening day all across our network. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We are podcastable. If that's your thing, you're going to jump on the treadmill and you need uh, something to listen to, well, find us wherever you search for your Twins podcast and also join us on Facebook Live. Also, we want to uh, remind folks we have our What's Brewing contest brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer every single week. We give you a whole week to be a part of this contest. So even if you don't catch our show live, you've got a chance to win a great prize package from Killer Brew Root Beer. Last year, our question was about the Mount Rushmore of the Minnesota Twins with the recent retirement of Joe Maurer. And our winner, Cheryl Anderson, said this on Twitter. Her, her tweet was this, Mount Rushmore Twins, I would pick Kent Herbeck and Joe Maurer because they embody the twin spirit of being Minnesota natives to play for only their home team. In addition, I would pick Harmon Killebrew and Tony Oliva, who were legends, a couple of blue and red heart emojis and a baseball. So Cheryl Anderson 
is our winner. Your chance to win this week, well, it's simple. Next week, we'll be coming at you live from the winter meetings in Las Vegas. We'll be joined by Thad Levine, the Twins general manager. And our question to you is, what question do you want us to ask him? Submit your question at Twins Radio or hashtag Twins Radio. We'll take the best one. You'll win a Killebrew Root Beer prize pack. And we will ask Thad that question about uh, what you want to, to, to know about what's going down behind the scenes at the winter meeting. So that is our What's Brewing contest. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And one of those questions you might want to ask that is, who the heck is Wes Johnson? Well, Wes is our pitching coach with the Minnesota Twins, and Wes is kind enough to join us right now. And, Wes, that was a question, I think, that a lot of people were asking right out of the shoot because you are the new pitching coach of the Minnesota Twins, a very familiar figure in baseball circles, but for many, many years, the college baseball world, the professional baseball world did not intermingle. That is changing. And it started last year. Pete Mackey coming from Duke to be our minor league pitching coordinator. You're seeing more and more of it around the game. And my question to you, Wes, is why? Why now? What is bringing these two worlds that for so long kind of turned their backs on one another? What's bringing these worlds together? Well, I, you know, Chris, I think it's a lot of things. But, you know, when you start to look at what's going on at the higher levels of of college baseball, like, you know, for example, obviously I've been in the SEC and, you know, done, done that, been with those guys. We have, we have enough resources to really run TrackMan, for example. And a lot of this data that uh, the big league clubs are using to make decisions and evaluate and, and do all this, we're able to do as well. And so now when you start to see that, that we're taking pictures, for example, and, and we're developing them, based on that data, I think that's where um, professional baseball is going, okay, you know what, now we've got some of these really good college pitching coaches who are able to not only read the data but understand it, interpret it, and then help the player get better with it. And um, so I think that's one of the things that's bringing them together. And then I think the other thing, too, is is we, we see more and more of these players now um, there, there's so many different places they can go in the off season to try to create velocity or, or, or there's just different things that they'll go to these different places for, whether it's to get stronger, um, like I say, create velocity or stuff. And, and those are avenues also as well in college that we've been using now for quite a while. So it's, it's more of these younger major league pitchers are coming through and they're wanting that. And so I think that's where the need for people to have more of that knowledge um in the you know at the big league level is is coming in now Wes, one thing that's so fascinating to me is you talk about the data and obviously we now can put uh empirical numbers next to things that were just vague uh concepts for many years oh he's got great movement or his motion's funky well we can define funky we can define the movement Mm -hmm. we can understand sequencing and the idea of tunneling and all of these things but at the end of the day, it's still human beings trying to execute in that personal relationship between a pitching coach uh, and the student uh, or the pitcher that you're trying to get to execute in a very tense situation. That's what's fascinating to me is that people like yourself are able to sift through the data, communicate the data, obviously, but also maintain that strong human connection. Because without that, I mean, data is just a sheaf of paper. No, you're exactly right. And I think that's, you know, the other thing that uh, when you start to look at, you know, what a lot of college coaches do, you know, we have to go through the recruiting process and we have to develop these relationships with these young men to get them to commit to the university you're at. And so once again, going back to, okay, yes, we, we have a feel for data. 
we have a feel for, you know, whatever it is in, in the uh, development realm, whether it be velocity or stuff. But then also we, you know, we have to be phenomenal at developing relationships because we've got to get these young men to commit. So, you know, it's kind of like we're, we're a one-man band, and then, you know, it just helps us develop and become more well-rounded, I guess, in a sense, being in the college game. And you're, you're right. At the end of the day, we still have to, you know, develop relationships, even with the pitchers, no matter what level you're at. Now, I know this is something that you've certainly given a lot of thought to, and I'm sure you've got a plan, and you don't need to, to share all the secret sauce, but one thing that's obviously different at the professional level is the schedule. It's every day. It's not Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then maybe a Tuesday game. So all of the different tools of development and the schedule for keeping people healthy and getting them stronger and, and all of those things gets compacted a little bit. And I'm sure that was one of the, the first things that you set out to, uh, to put together in your own brain to wrap your, your arms around. Oh, yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, the schedule, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, I, I tell, I've told people for a long time, our fall in the collegiate level is a very small snippet of what goes on in the big leagues for, you know, 162 games. Because mm-hmm. in the fall, you're playing every day. Uh, we play every day for a 45-day window in there without getting into all that. But So you're playing every day. And, and your pitchers and recovery. So I think that's where, you know, I've been able to lean on some people, obviously, with the Twins. I mean, what a phenomenal staff, you know, uh, the front office has put together. I mean, Rocco's a great guy, obviously, and is going to do – I mean, I'm fired up about him. I could talk about him for a long time. But <laughs> then you look at you look at Chelsea and, and what he does, you know, as a bench coach. Just I'm leaning on all of these guys. You know, our bullpen coach, Jeremy Hefner, is going to be phenomenal. He's going to be a great coach as well. And you look through – so. Yes, to, to answer your question, that was one of the things that I did tackle was, okay, hey, I'm used to my guys throwing every six days um, at the collegiate level. Now they're going to have to throw every five. Let's get in the room and, and jump around this and and try to, you know, see where I need to make some adjustments. And, gosh, you, you look – and that's the great thing about professional baseball. We, you know, we've got Josh Calk and, and Frankie out there in our front office, and those people really help us – help me go ahead and, and they have the data ready for me where I used to have to prepare all that. So th- there's a lot of pieces that have been able to help me, I guess, change my schedule a little bit. Yeah. Well, we'll obviously get into it other times with you, all the variables that are going to go into things and, and working with pitchers and, and how they're all different. And, and, and also the overarching role not just being the pitching coach for the big league team, but the organizational philosophy. And we mentioned Pete Mackey and some of the guys in the minor leagues and how you'll be involved in that. Uh, we'll definitely dive into that when we've got more time at a later date. But I want to just in our last 90 seconds talk about the really, really important stuff, Wes. Uh, how's your mound pace? Are, are you a loper? Or do you have the slow trudge to the mound? Uh, are, are, you know, are you ready to make that first jump out of a big league dugout and get out to the mound? Well, I'm just, uh, I guess, um, you, you, as, as you well know, Chris, I, I think that the game situation tells us what we need to do, right? <laughs> so, believe me. You'll have a gallop um, if you need a gallop. You'll have a canter I, if you need a canter. Hey, and then I, there's times, man, that, that uh, I've been told in the past that if me and a tortoise were racing to the mound, he might lap me. So, um, pace but, you of know, play. That, that's, that's right. Um, pace of play happens, but. 
you know, obviously game situations. I, I think, you know, I, just quick side note, I mean, I don't have to walk as slow anymore. We've got so much uh, analytical information and so forth now, even from, from the collegiate side of it, that, that I, I'm pretty – I walk out there at a pretty good pace now um, just because we've stayed ahead of the game so much with your bullpen and the way things go now. But back in the day, man, that tortoise might beat me. <laughs> well, you got a lot of thinking um, so. to do on that walk. Just know, Wes, <laughs> we'll all be watching you and grading you <laughs> on your gate as you go to the mound. Couldn't be more excited for you. Uh, great addition to the organization, and we look forward to seeing you up here in person. All right. Well, hey, thanks for your time, Chris. Thanks for having me. That's Wes Johnson. We're going to talk a lot more with Wes, and there's so many topics we can cover throughout the course, not only of the hot stove season, but on and throughout the 2019 campaign. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer. Back with more from C.J. Crone next on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters here at Target Field. And while Target Field is slumbering now, boy, it won't be long. Remember, Twins Fest is coming up in uh, January and Twins Fest tickets going on sale this week. If you're podcasting us later in the week, wherever you find your Twins podcast, you can uh, certainly uh, go ahead and get online and uh, grab your Twins Fest tickets. Uh, and, of course, if you're listening to us live, it'll be tomorrow. The Twins Fest tickets will go on sale. One of the folks you're going to see at Twins Fest is C.J. Crone. He is our guest, and he's kind enough to stick around and join us for three cuts here. And, C.J., we like to just kind of get a little more lighthearted, kind of get more to know folks uh, with our three-cut segment. We've already got the, the great goods on your number 24 and uh, your Phoenix Suns fandom. You dropped a little Drogba on us, and now we're going to get to the hardcore stuff. Are you ready for these three really, really hard questions? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's probably the, the only way you can answer that. Here we go. Major League debuts are a big deal, and I'm sure you remember every every bit of yours, but you are rare in that your dad had a Major League debut, you've had a Major League debut, and much like your new teammate Taylor Rogers, whose brother has been a Pacific Coast League All-Star the last couple of years, still hoping to join his big brother in the Major Leagues, you have a little brother knocking on the door of the Major Leagues as well. So I will ask you a, a question that is really a first-world problem in the baseball world, which is how would you rank those Major League debuts if and when Kevin joins you and your father? Would you be more excited for your own, thinking back on your dad's or your little brother? Wow, that's tough. Um I mean, obviously, I'm going to be super excited uh, if when my brother gets the call. Uh, I mean, he's been unbelievable in the minors so far, and I, this offseason he was protected for the first time, so it was it's super cool for the family to for that to happen. So hopefully, hopefully he debuts. And I, I mean, when that happens, I can't wait to to shoot him a text and try to watch as much as I can. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say his will probably be the, the most exciting. You know, when Taylor Rogers says the same thing, he says if and when his brother's up, he, th- he says he thinks he'll be more excited about that than he was about his own. Now, granted, those two are identical twins, so uh, oh, okay. they've got a, a special bond as well. But you know what? When Kevin gets that call, CJ, you, you guys join a pretty small fraternity of, uh, of brothers who played in the big leagues, and that's a special, special thing. Uh, yep. Moving on here, Joe Maurer recently retired, and there was a popular game. Uh, amongst his teammates, which was try to think of something that Joe isn't good at. And generally, they came up with nothing. Now, you mentioned Mike Trout earlier, and he's obviously good at buying you basketball tickets, but he's kind of of that same ilk. Is there anything, or could you think of something that Mike Trout is not good at? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, he beats me every time we golf. He probably They're probably built of the same cloth, to be honest. It's, 
there's not many things that guy's not good at, and it sounds like Maurer was the same way. So it might just be a special trait they have, but off the top of my head, no, I can't think of anything. Yeah, not surprising, right? It's just there's some people <laughs> that just – and if they're not good at something, they take them about a week, and then they're, then they're really good at it. Our last question for you is, is more in line with the holiday season here, CJ, and CJ Crone is our guest. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie or movies this time of year, maybe a tradition for you or your family? Uh, I don't think we really have a tradition, but I think I'm going to say my favorite Christmas movie is Elf. It cracks me up every time. I think Will Ferrell is one of the funniest guys on the planet. So, yeah, every time we get together, we'll throw on some Christmas movies, and that's the one I usually put my phone down for. So, uh, yeah, I, I probably enjoy that one the most. I think that's a pretty good answer there. If you can get uh, if you can get a shot of a giant elf sitting on Bob Newhart's lap, that, that's, that's pretty good for a chuckle or two. Now, were you part of the Will Ferrell when he played for all the teams? Were you a part of that? Yeah, I was. I was um, at the, with the Angels at the time, and he came. Dang, what position did he play? I think he, I think he took Trout out in center. So I think he played center field uh, that game. So that was that was a good time for sure. I don't remember him hitting. I remember him playing center, and then he went over to the Cubs side, and he coached third base, and he had these signs that were pretty much making fun of everybody. So that was that was funny. Um, yeah, but I don't remember him hitting. To be honest, I have a feeling if he did swing a bat, you would have remembered it. So that probably was yeah, uh, probably, pro- probably did not uh, get a, get a hack or two. CJ, great stuff. I mean, you're you're dropping all sorts of nuggets uh, in and around these questions. We look forward to seeing you first at Twin Fest, and then obviously throughout the course of the year in a Twins uniform, wearing that 24, just like Joe Creedy. And we appreciate you taking a break from uh, your off season to uh, to join us. And again, welcome to Twins territory. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's CJ Crow joining us here on the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you. Of course by killer brew root beer made in minnesota how memories are created and legends are made our thanks to cj our thanks to pitching coach wes johnson as well and to all of you for sharing your wednesday with us or uh, looking us up and finding us wherever you find twins podcasts we'll be back more next week we'll do it every wednesday until this season gets underway again it's the twins hot stove show on your home for twins baseball You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.